Hello everyone, Art Burns here, wishing you well tonight on this Monday night on uh, the early part of May. I can't believe it's already actually close to the middle of May now. Um, gosh, I hope you all are surviving this uh, these very strange and often difficult times that we're living in. Um, you know, now more than ever, the stress that we deal with is is a crucial crucial thing to to really you know get on top of and get in front of and really control you know uh, as I talk about here a lot obviously you know I talk about stress reduction a whole lot on this podcast that's kind of the point of the whole podcast and um, and you know the stress that we experience in our body is very very dangerous and 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 one of the biggest issues that I I kind of you know talk to a lot of people about is how how we don't necessarily even recognize how much stress that we're feeling you know we we kind of you know it's so easy for us to say you know well it's just my job or well it's just the way it is for me it's just you know my family it's just you know I thrive on the stress it it keeps me going it it gives me my edge you know (laughs) all these kind of things and I've heard them all believe me folks I mean I talk to a few people every week about stress reduction and I've heard it all And I have to tell you folks, uh, you know, 100%, you know, (laughs) it's just not true. You know, none of that stuff is true. You know, um, stress is not giving you an edge at all, even though it feels that way. And that's, and that's kind of the problem, you know, is it, is it feels as though, you know, to a lot of people it feels, and it's understandable that it feels this way, but it feels as though, you know, if I'm not worrying about things, if I'm not, you know, feeling that level of stress, then I'm not trying hard enough, you know, and and then I'm not, I'm not kind of moving towards the success that I want in my life, you know, but folks, nothing could be further from the truth, you know, in fact, you know, stress is taking away from your abilities to do everything that you want to do. I mean, you name it, anything aside from running away from a cheetah, <laughs> you know, or a bear or a rattlesnake or I mean, you know, sure there are some uh there are some modern, you know, urban applications <laughs> in which stress is helpful. Like, you know, for instance, if you're uh driving down the road and a, you know, and a, and a car, you know, cuts you off, you know, your amygdala and the the cortisol and the whole stress reaction, it it plays a part in getting you to hit the brakes and, and turn the steering wheel before you have time to think, you know, so, so, so in those cases, yes, it, it's true, you know, and, and certainly, of course, some people, you know, live in this world in, in areas where there are actual dangers, you know, um, you know, heaven forbid you, you come across someone who means you harm, you know, the, the stress response of your body in those cases will be helpful as well. But, and this is a big but, that is where it stops. Full stop. I mean, that, that's, that's, you know, outside of those kind of situations, stress is never, ever, ever helpful for you. It never is. It takes away from your ability to do everything except survive an actual physical threat. And that, again, full stop. I mean, there's no, there's no answers or buts about that, right? It, it literally, what, what happens when we're in the stress response, right, is that we go into the survival mode, okay? We're, we're optimized to survive in the stress response, right? If we, you know, the, and, and the thing about it, and this is what I tell a lot of people, I was talking to somebody earlier today about this. The thing about it is that we don't, you know, the, the brain and the body, 
right? The physical brain and the sort of, you know, the body, the embodied mind, I should say, you know, just the, the, the awareness inside of you, you know, on a physiological level, you know, it does not know the difference between a, a bear attacking you and being worried about something at work, right? It literally does not know the difference, you know, and that's why the same response happens, right? And the evidence is, is very clear, right? Like, you know, if you're sitting at your desk, right, and you have, you have some worries about a work deadline coming up or, or you, you, you know, somehow are, are reminded about some, you know, financial issue or, or romantic issue or a, uh, you know, a, a, a social issue or a health issue, right? You, you go on WebMD and you look up something about coronavirus or COVID-19 because you feel like, you know, you have this scratch in the back of your throat and, and you're sure that that's what it is, right? You know, your body is going to go through the same physical response as if you were being chased by a bear. You know, it's, it's literal. That, that's the same, the same exact physical response, right? And that response includes, um, and not limited to, but it includes uh, the, uh, an elevated heart rate, uh, a, a, high, a heightened blood pressure, uh, a, speed, a sped up um, uh, respiratory system, the shutting down of every non-essential uh, system, right? Every system in your body that does not have anything to do with your survival in the next five minutes is shut down. And that includes your reproductive system, your digestive system, your immune system, your lymphatic system. You know, every single one of them is shut right down. Your memory is shut down, right? And these things are, you know, again, the reason why these things happen is because your body is trying to devote as much energy as possible to the survival of a physical threat, right? What it's doing is getting, you know, by elevating the blood pressure and, and increasing the heart rate and, and speeding up the, the respiratory system, what it's doing is it's trying to get blood and oxygen from the viscera, right? From that center of your body. It's forcing all of that blood and, and, uh, and oxygen out into your extremities, right? So that, so that your arms and your, your legs and your hands and your, you know, all the big muscles that you have, right are able you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to survive a threat right it's, it's getting blood and oxygen into all those places so that you can fight or flee whatever the the threat is right so again that's not doing you any good when you're sitting there worried about something at work you know it's not doing you any good when you're worried about you know how you fit in with your friends it's not doing you any good when you're thinking about a health issue and it's not doing any good when you think about how you can, um, you know, get along better with your spouse or your, your, you know, significant other, right? And so, so what's the, the cure, right? Now, uh, obviously, we talk a lot here about mindfulness, right? The, this podcast is called the Mindful Manager Podcast, right? And the idea is that through mindfulness practices, we can reduce our stress, Okay. It's plain. It works. Okay. There's, um, 40, 50 years, no, 40 some odd years of, of, since John Kabat-Zinn, uh, in 1979, I believe was the first year that he, uh, that he opened the, uh, stress reduction, the mindfulness-based stress reduction clinic at the University of, Am of, of Massachusetts. And at this point in Boston, and at this point he, he runs that clinic or, you know, the organization, it's a big organization at this point. It's not just him in a, in, in, the uh, in a room in a hospital. It's it's a huge organization in many hospitals across the United States and possibly outside the United States. I'm not sure, but um, 
but they're, they're helping thousands of people, you know, overcome the, the effects of stress on their lives, right? The, the effects of stress on their bodies, right? The, the health impacts, the, the, the destruction that stress has caused these people's bodies. There's thousands of them who have been helped through this program, okay? And so that was 1979. So literally, that's 40, 42 years almost, 41, 42 years, right? And so, so... You know, so so the, the, it's it's hard to question the evidence here. It's hard to question the efficacy of this work, right? So, but how does it work, right? And I'm I'm happy you asked because I would love to explain it to you. Um, so the way it works, the the reason why mindfulness works. So so first of all, let's let's define mindfulness, right? Let's just you know go back to basics here in this in this today's episode. Um, so so let's go back to the basics and talk about what mindfulness is, okay? Mindfulness is nothing more than paying attention to what is happening as it's happening and doing so without judgment. Okay, you might condense that into the the simple statement, moment to moment, non-judging awareness. Okay, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's just being aware of what is happening as it's happening right? And doing so, again, without judgment. Now, that gets a little tricky, the without judgment part. And, and it just takes a little training. But the idea is that as we do these very basic practices, what we do is we learn to focus on the neutral things in our, our experiences, right? So, so we're not, you know, we're not, um, you know, thinking about how one experience is positive where another experience is negative. Instead, we're, we're focusing on the fact that, you know, that experiences are just experiences, right? Now, again, that gets a little complicated and it's a little, it takes a little work to get there, but, but trust me, it's not very hard if you just commit yourself to doing some daily practices and, uh, and, and, you know, and through some daily practices, you form a habit, right? And once you form a habit of, of paying attention to what is happening as it's happening without judgment, you know, and again, that doesn't mean that, that, you know, that, that you're not going to enjoy certain things in your life and you're not going to, you know, and that you have to love everything else in your life or that you can never, you know, not like something happening in your life, right? It's actually the opposite of that because what happens is getting into the judgment aspect of mindfulness, the, those things that you, those experiences that you consider to be bad, or the experiences that you consider to be good, right? The things that you enjoy and the things that you don't enjoy, right? The things that you would judge as either good or bad, right? Those make up the, the slim minority of your, your experiences. The, the vast majority of your experiences is made up of neutral things, right? It's made up of the in-between moments, right? The times when you're just there, right? You're just, you know, whether you're driving your car, you know, there's no traffic, there's no, you're not low on gas, there's no reason to be, you know, worried or nothing to, to not enjoy about driving your car. That's a moment, right? Like you're not sitting there saying, oh my gosh, it's awesome that I'm not low on gas. It's awesome that I'm not, uh, you know, stuck in traffic, right? You're just, you know, you're just experiencing this, this, uh, you know, this experience is just a neutral experience for you. Right. And so, you know, I often use the <laughs> use the example that, um, you know, when you have a bad cold, 
right? Like, you know, you're in the midst of a, of a really bad cold and your nose is stuffed and your head is throbbing and you, your whole body is aching and you, you feel like you just want to, you know, you just can't even get out of bed. You just feel so yucky, right? You know, in the midst of that, you feel almost at times that you never are not going to have this cold, right? It feels like, like, oh my gosh, how can I ever get over this cold? And then you start thinking, this is so bad that, that when I finally do get over this cold, I will finally be happy right? Like that's the thought process that goes through the mind, right? Is that, is that once I am finally done with this cold, that will be the time where I'll actually be happy again, right? But the, the truth of the matter is that, that a cold only lasts for what? <laughs> a week, you know, maybe, maybe 10 days tops, right? And then you're feeling better. And so, so if you have one cold a year like that, right, then that means that 355 days you wake up with no cold, right? But how many times have you woken up in the morning and said, oh, I don't have a cold today. I'm so excited, right? Of course you haven't, right? And so that's what I mean, you know, so, so taking those times that, that are not, you know, worthy of judgment, right? And paying attention to those. That's how we train ourselves to experience this non-judging moment-to-moment awareness, okay? I know that it sounds a little foreign. It's a little hard to, to conceptualize. It's easier if you just feel it, right? And the only way to feel it is through practice. So, so how is the practice done and, and how does the practice work? I want you to ask me that and that's what <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the answer. Um, the way that the practice works, the best way that I have found to, to explain how this all works to people is that, you know, so, so as you're sitting there right now listening to this podcast, right, your body is in a certain place, right? It's in a certain space and time, right? You know, it's like right now when I'm recording this podcast, for instance, let's use me as an example. I am in, in my backyard. It's a pretty mild night. I have a little sweatshirt on and uh, my kids are all sleeping inside. So I'm, I'm doing this. It's a little later in the evening. It's about 10.50 uh, p.m. in Denver, Colorado, right? And my, and my body is in the backyard. So I'm standing on the grass in my backyard and I'm standing here talking to my, my uh, headphones like this, right? And I'm recording this podcast. So right now, my body is right here right? It can't be anywhere else, right? Now, quantum theory aside, right? Because I know there's some, you know, physics, physicist geeks that'll tell me that, you know, and I use geek in the most adoring and, and, uh, and loving way that could possibly be, okay? I, I, I consider myself a geek, so I don't want you to think I'm being, um, you know, derogatory towards people who are into science. I love science, and I love geeks, and I am a geek, and I, geek power, you know, um, but, but, you know, I know that there's some science geeks who will say, well, you know, quantum theory says that we are in many places at once. <laughs> so let's, let's just say that that's, you know, let's put that aside for a second, right? Let's just talk about in this three-dimensional reality, right? My body can only be in this one place, okay? It can't be anywhere else except right here, standing on the grass, uh, you know, in the evening, you know, at, at 11, 10.50, whatever, in the evening with a sweatshirt on talking into my headphones, right? This is where my body is, and this is the only place my body can be, right? But my mind, <laughs> on the other hand, my mind could be 
anywhere else, right? My mind could be, you know, thinking about China. My mind could be thinking about tomorrow. It could be thinking about next week. It could be thinking about last week. It could be thinking about my childhood. It could be thinking about, you know, the, the way my, my parents treated me growing up. It could be, I could be um, on, on, you know, where I'm going to move to in the next few months. It could be, um, you know, anywhere else except here, right? And often that is the case, right? Often, often the problem is, especially when we're not doing something that, that requires our attention, right? When, when we're just like walking through the halls at work or we're, we're driving our car with no particular urgency, right? That is when uh, we are likely to not be paying attention to what it is that we're doing. And in those times, that's when our mind tends to wander off into all these different places. Now, here's the thing. Your mind and your brain are wired for to, to, they're wired to look at the negative, okay? And, and this is not a bummer, okay? This is not something that is, uh, you know, something that's sad about ourselves. In fact, it's a fascinating f- function of our mind and our, our brain. The idea is that your brain is constantly worried about one thing and one thing only, and that is keeping you alive. You know, that's all that, at the end of the day, that's all that your mind and your brain and your body really care about is making sure that you are alive, right? You know, when you don't have something you need, your, your body drives you to get that thing. When you do have something you need, your body, your mind, and your brain drive you away from that thing, right? If you have something you don't need, I should say. So the idea is that, that when, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought uh, with that correction there, but, but the idea is that, that you're, you're wired for this, this protective sense of negativity, okay? It's actually called the negativity bias. We all have it in our minds, right? We all have this negativity bias, which makes us look at the negative things in our experiences more than the positive things, okay? What this means is that when your mind starts to wander, Right. Like when if I'm standing here, you know, after I record this episode, and I, I continue to stand here and look up at the stars and I just kind of gaze out and I'm, I'm just, you know, actually, that's not a great example because that that's kind of a positive sense of mind wandering. But but if I if I stop this podcast, and I record it, I, I publish it and I, I hit all the buttons and press save and publish it. And then I go walking back into my house and I, I go like sort of straighten up things in the in the kitchen or, you know, put some dishes in the dishwasher. Right. That that time is when the mind might start to wander because I've done the dishwasher, you know, thousands of times. Like I don't have to think about like where the dishes are going in the dishwasher. I don't have to think about, you know, the details of that process, right? It's, it's something that happens automatically, right? And in that time, my mind is likely to start to wander, right? Where my mind wanders is overwhelmingly likely to be to a place that is negative. Okay, and again, it's not to be a bummer, but that's just the way we're wired, right? We're wired to look out for those things that are negative. And the reason is that the negative things are what's going to hurt us, right? The positive things in our lives, you know, we, we don't wander to the best moments of our childhood. We don't wander to the, the, the best possible outcome of every situation, right? Not automatically anyway. I'm not saying that that never happens, but the idea is that, you know, um, automatically your mind is, is, more, is going to tend toward those negative aspects because those are the things that could possibly harm you 
right? And so when that happens, when your mind wanders into one of those negative aspects, then eventually your thoughts and your emotions turn to fear. And once that happens, remember, your body, your mind, and your physical brain don't know the difference between that, that, that thought of fear and a, a bear that just broke into your kitchen is going to maul you while you're, while you're loading the dishes, right, in the dishwasher, right? Like, that's the thing. So the idea then is to align our mind with our body. Right, because our body is always present, right? Our body is always right here where it is, right? It can't be anywhere else. But so, so what we do is we train our minds to come back into our bodies, right? And so, how do we do that, <laughs> right? It's very, very simple it's the breath and it's the five senses, right? The five senses and the breath are always present right? Like you cannot be breathing, like the breath, it doesn't happen in the past or the future, right? It happens right now, right? There is no breathing in the future. There is no breathing in the past. There is simply the breath happening right now. The same thing goes with your senses, right? You can't see something that is not physically present with you right now, right? You can imagine something, you can remember something, but you can't actually use your sense of sight unless that thing is present and right in front of you for you to see it, right? Same thing with your sense of hear, your sound, your hearing, your, your smell, your taste, your touch, same thing. So by focusing ourselves, by, by paying attention to those six things, right? The breath and the five outer senses. What we are then doing is we are aligning our mind with our body. And once we do that, that's when we stay present. And once we do that, that's when we eliminate the thought, the fear-based thoughts and the fear-based emotions that can cause stress in our bodies. And, and that really helps. It w- the, the way that this really helps, I should say, is to build a habit. Okay, so that so that we're constantly, you know, you know, a habit is not is something that your body knows how to do better than your mind knows how to do it. Right. So the idea is that by forming a habit of staying in the presence like this, then when we do get an email about something that that might trigger our stress response or we do, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we're reminded of something of our childhood that was unhappy or we're reminded of of, uh, you know, some some worry that we have for the future, right? Then, Then we will automatically keep ourselves in the present so that we don't allow that that thought to trigger the stress response, right? So if you would like to know some very basic practices, okay, I would be more than happy to help you with those, okay? All you got to do is shoot me an email, okay? Art at artburnscoaching.com. Send me an email. Let's get in touch with each other. Let's talk about how I can help you to to understand this a little more deeply and to, and to start doing some daily practices, you know, 10 minutes a day is more than enough to form a habit over the next 30 days or so. It's possible. It's actually very simple and not too hard. It's actually very easy if you do it right. And I'd be happy to teach you how to do it right. All right, folks, thanks for listening. I hope you found tonight's episode helpful, and uh, I hope that you're going to be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to talk about some biases, especially confirmation bias. If you've been <laughs> paying attention on social media these days, you've seen uh, a lot of uh, a lot of 
you know, really, <laughs> you've seen a lot of confirmation bias. And I'm going to explain to you what that means. And I'm going to show you how you, you know, how to notice it. And I'm going to show you especially how to notice it in yourself and how to, in that noticing it, how to, to avoid it and how to avoid acting on it in ways that are going to limit your ability to truly understand what's happening around you. So I look forward to sharing that with you tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Have a great night and I wish you well. Take care, everybody.